0: Hello, and welcome to the weekly market podcast from BNP Paribas Asset Management. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist. And this week I'm joined by Guy Davis, the CIO of our global equities business, to talk about disruptive technology. Technology clearly has been a driving factor in the market, honestly, for years now, continues to be one of the more dynamic sectors throughout The pandemic, and we certainly anticipate, will continue to be one of the most dynamic sectors over the years to come. Before we turn to Guy, though, we'll talk a bit about what's going on in the markets, and of course, the topic that's dominating the headlines, dominating conversation, is the news that uh, President Donald Trump and his wife have been diagnosed uh, as having caught the coronavirus. Uh, This is an October surprise, as many people had anticipated, if not necessarily the surprise that they thought might come we think about initially the reaction of the markets to the news, we saw, broadly speaking, a negative reaction on the part of risk assets, equities declining, treasury yields rising. Uh, But we would caution against interpreting those initial market moves as an indication of whether or not this event increases or decreases the likelihood of either candidate winning. Because at this point, there is simply too many unknowns And I think the market reaction just reflects an increase in uncertainty, which we have certainly had. And generally, we well know that equity markets in particular uh, do not like uncertainty. So that's what we're going to be dealing with certainly for a while. As we try to think about how things might evolve over the next days or weeks, uh, perhaps instead of speculating on what might happen, uh, rather think about what are some of the important signposts that we want to have in mind. Uh, First off, of course, there will be a question of whether or not the second debate uh, actually takes place. Uh, More likely than not, it will have to be cancelled. And in general, if there are fewer public events for President Trump, one would imagine uh, that doesn't necessarily help his campaign, given how much up to now at least he has focused on public uh, events in contrast to Joe Biden. The other thing that will certainly matter for the markets is whether or not this has an impact on the odds of the passage of a subsequent stimulus package for the economy. Uh, We have uh, ongoing discussions. Uh, We would imagine on the margin, perhaps it makes it a little bit less likely that we see a package pass simply because... Uh, it would. We anticipated it would take a decent amount of lobbying on Trump's port uh, of Republicans in the Senate to get a deal done, given the gap between what the Republicans have proposed and the Democrats have put forward. Uh, and perhaps now Trump will be less able to pursue that lobbying, uh, but we shall see. Further along, of course, we think about what this might mean for the election. And clearly that depends upon how Trump's health progresses. Uh, hopefully he will bounce back quickly. Uh, if in the contrary case that it turns out to be a bit more serious, uh, the belief now is that the election more likely than not would go ahead as is, given that so many people, millions of people, in fact, have already voted. Uh, but then that uh, opens up many options about how the election and in- results would be interpreted Uh, And again, it's really at this point, just more uncertainty than any clarity at this point. Okay, that's our summary of the latest news for the markets. Now let's turn to our guest speaker. Uh, As I said at the beginning, we're gonna be talking about disruptive technology. And Guy, COVID-19 certainly has acted as a catalyst for disruptive technological change in 2020. How do you see the impact going forward on
1: equity markets? Okay, thanks, Daniel. Uh, lots and lots to talk about, obviously, as you just mentioned. Uh, thanks for having me back. Hello to everyone listening. Uh, I hope that you, your families and friends are all, all keeping well. To your, your question, COVID has caused a quantum acceleration in the secular growth themes uh, from cloud adoption to artificial intelligence through to automation. And clearly, there's there's no sign of that letting up. Some examples I think that we can relate to, all of us can relate to, are the adoption of cloud computing, and that's accelerating and becoming you know, increasingly intrinsic part of all of our lives every day. So agile working, uh, the ability to access, process, and be productive almost anywhere is amazing when we look back you know, even 12 months entertainment truly on demand. So, you know, we can travel with our entire collection of movies, music, photographs, and so on. Again, you know, when we look back 12, 18 months, two years, there's a quantum leap and free to accessing care and support from, you know, accessing healthcare systems and so on. E-commerce, digital payments is another area. So reflecting the very real preference to avoid using cash, which again, I think we can all relate to. And increased automation, so via software or physical robots, that enables a more localized manufacturing sector, which is in reaction to you know, the strained global supply chains that yeah you know, we've talked about in previous podcasts over the over the last months. So you know, whilst I think that that COVID-related stocks and working from home stocks etc. will inevitably level off, and we've seen some volatility in valuations on news flow on the virus, the secular change associated with the Cloud and AI and automation has way, way, way further to run.
0: Okay. We've just talked about the impact of COVID-19 on disruptive technology, but of course the real story are the longer-term fundamental drivers that we've seen evolve over the last couple of years. What are those fundamental drivers that you really think are the key ones for this continuation of the disruption we've seen in the economy?
1: Sure, it's a good question, Daniel. Uh, Innovation and motivation, I'd say are the key ingredients, but the fundamental driver is digital transformation. So digital transformation makes existing processes more efficient, enables brand new products, services, and business models. So, some tangible examples of digitalization uh, tackling some of the most fundamental challenges and societal issues that we're facing today. So, yeah, they would range from inequality. Uh, so, think about the access to broadband, which brings greater equality in knowledge and education, uh, the provision of healthcare, and then through to financial well being and online banking, climate change. Uh, Another huge challenge for humanity and the need for renewable energy. And it's interesting, the data centers behind the cloud are increasingly using you know, solar and wind um, as, a, as a form of, of power. And to my previous point, there's you know, a clear and present need to increase the capacity in our healthcare systems. And healthcare monitoring at home, as well as telemedicine, are really viable solutions. And also, yeah, particularly prescient at the moment, the use of AI and data analysis to predict and manage the spread of uh, infectious diseases.
0: At the same time that of course we're all very aware of the opportunities that exist within the tech sector, there's also been a lot of discussion recently about the valuations of tech stocks.
1: What's your view? So uh, it's a very good question, Daniel, and you're right, we've seen uh, a big run-up in tech through the summer and then volatility. Tech valuations are heightened compared to the last 10 years. There's no doubt about it. But if you look back uh, 20 to 25 years, um, they're in line and you know not near uh, the valuations of the tech bubble. Um, certain areas, so for example, software in particular looks extended, but there's a lot of dispersion within that between valuations and we can still find really good opportunities within within our strategies. And given that comment, I'd actually argue that tech is far too general a term, um, and we need to be far more company specific when we when we look at the sector. So, you know, I can point to certain stocks that uh, look cheap based on growth in margins, market share, and the net addressable market. Others may appear expensive. And we can think of several examples. So companies that are yet to make a profit or generate free cash flow, but are trading on on fairly lofty valuations. So I think you need to look at a range of valuation metrics when looking at at these companies. And that can go from DCFs through to PE and growth rates and return on invested capital. Um, And most importantly, looking at the moats and the sustainability of those growth rates and the returns on capital. Interestingly, the way that we look at it, you know, the leaders in each sector and, you know, technology is permeating the the entirety of of the market and the range of companies that we look at. The leaders in each sector will typically have the best technology, um, but also importantly, they typically reinvest the most for future growth. And that in of itself becomes a virtuous circle. And it's also important, I think, when we talk about valuations to consider the context. Um, We are in a low growth, low rates, low inflation world. So how should we value these leaders that are generating growth and are generating uh, decent revenues moving forward?
0: Thanks very much, Guy. It was definitely very interesting and very relevant for the challenges that investors are facing when they think about the markets today. Uh, You pointed out that COVID-19, if anything, has really just accelerated the trends that we had already seen, particularly when it comes around disruptive technology, uh, that being working from home, entertainment and healthcare, things that were already taking place but now have taken place in months, whereas before we thought that might have taken years. Fundamentally though, as you point out, what's really driving this change is just the broad digitalization that we're seeing across the economy. Uh, Few people read newspapers anymore. We read on on tablets. Uh, Few people go into branches, bank branches anymore. We do most things on our phone or even healthcare where now we've certainly become accustomed to remote visits to our GP instead of having to go into a surgery. So those fundamental drivers certainly not going away, But what we've seen from that is in at least some parts of the market, uh, what some people feel are high valuations. But I think you very rightly point out it depends as much on what period you're comparing those valuations to. And if you look at quite long run averages, they're not necessarily so high and, and certainly not at the levels that we saw during the tech bubble in the late 90s. Uh, And even if there are parts of the market perhaps that do seem to have high valuations, uh, there's always a wide dispersion. Technology covers a wide range of of sectors and stocks. uh, And importantly, in your funds, it's still possible to find opportunities. And that's really the key thing. The other final important point is that it all comes down, frankly, to growth. And technology offers that growth in a way that other sectors struggle to do. And ultimately that's what people seem to be willing to pay for.
1: I'd also like to chime in on, on a couple of your points there, Daniel. First off, um, we're finding really, really good companies within, within our strategies and within uh, you know, across the board, both our general strategies and our tech strategies. And secondly, in terms of valuation, as I mentioned, it's important to, to look at the context and as you rightly say, in terms of growth, but there's growth in terms of a context where yields are very, very low, if not negative. So there's an opportunity cost, which I think is providing support for equities, but also equities that, that provide really strong growth prospects, you know, they really deserve these valuations. So number one, we're finding great opportunities. Number two, you know, I'm very confident the positions we hold uh, will provide really good returns moving forwards.
0: Thanks, guy. Those are very good points. Well that's all the time we have this week. Thank you very much for joining us. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BMP Paribas Asset Management contact. With that, we wish you well and take care.
1: This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management.